Hi, friends. Welcome to the Seek Holy Living podcast with Christus Faboda. I am a wife to my wonderful husband, mom to my five precious children, and a friend to some amazing moms that I can't wait to introduce to you. Mothering is not a journey meant to be traveled alone. Join me every Monday for a new podcast where you will find hope, joy, and purpose. Hello again. So good to be back with you again this week as we continue with our conversation that we started last week about establishing intentional rhythms in our home. And last week, we talked about establishing intentional rhythms for moms, how moms are refueled and can intentionally be abiding in Christ throughout our day. And we focused on the beginning part of the Deuteronomy 6 passage that says, you shall, it's Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 7 is the whole passage. So last week, we really focused on the verse 6, which says, or 5 and 6, which say, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words, which I command you today, shall be in your heart. And if you didn't get to listen to that episode yet, really focusing on how we have to first keep the truths of God in our hearts as the mom. If you didn't listen to that yet, go back and listen to that first. Because all too often, we focus really deeply on the second part of this verse that says, you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you get up. And for a long time, I realized I was focusing so much on verse seven and not that part of verse six that says, they shall be in your heart. And if we are first focusing on keeping those truths in our hearts, then we are beginning to obediently respond to verse seven about teaching them diligently to our children because they're going to see those truths being lived out in us. So if you didn't listen to last week's, pause this one, go back and listen to last week's episode first, and then come back to this one for this week because that has to come first. Keeping those words and truths in our hearts first as the moms has to come before us teaching them diligently to our children. So this all starts, like I said, with our own hearts. And I want to encourage you that as you are living with those healthy rhythms for yourself, those healthy rhythms of abiding with the Lord in the morning, of intentionally refilling yourself through the day, whether it's through the music you're listening to or spending time outside, choosing godly friends to be speaking into you, listening to good podcasts, reading good books, whatever the things are you're doing um, to keep yourself abiding in Christ, by living with these healthy rhythms for yourself, they're going to be caught by your children. I had a really sweet moment with one of mine when they were very little and they really struggled with this one really struggled with sleeping. It was hard for her to go to sleep at night and she could just stay awake until 11 or 12 o'clock sometimes. And those nights were so long for both of us. And I remember one day being in the kitchen myself, probably cleaning up or getting something done in there. And I looked over and there sat my Adeline on the couch with her little children's Bible now, is it like a ch- ch- 
child's Bible, like toddler or baby Bible. And she didn't, of course, did not know how to read yet. She was very young, probably two or three. And she had a, well, not two. I'm picturing my two-year-old. She couldn't have been two. She must've been three or four (laughs) because of what she was doing. She was sitting with her Bible on the couch and holding a pencil in her hand. And I noticed she was writing in it. And my first reaction was, oh, wait, we don't want to write in your Bible because that's our treasure book. You know, that's God's book, God's promises to us. So we don't want to write in there. And I said, oh, what are you doing? And she smiled and said, I'm doing what you do, mom. And I looked over and she was underlining all the words in her Bible because that's what I do. And I thought that was the sweetest thing. And it just touched my heart so much to realize she is watching what I'm doing. And she asked me one day, not too long ago, have you ever missed a day reading your Bible in the morning? And oh my goodness, friends, let me just tell you, there have been many mornings that I hate to admit that I have missed reading my Bible in in the morning, but it's true. You know, things get busy, things kids end up being sick, or I just don't prioritize rights. I have to come back. I have to reset to truth all the time as well. So you're not alone in this. But the fact that she asked that uh, just sent my heart soaring, knowing that that's what she thinks is the most important because that's what she's seen me doing. So by you choosing those healthy habits as your starting point, you are modeling the very best for them because they're going to catch them from you more than they would learn them just by you teaching them and saying them. There's a verse in Luke 640 that is both wonderful and terrifying as the mother. It says, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. Oh, my goodness. I am the teacher of my children. And if you are your child's teacher, if you have taken that on as your role, then your child, when they are perfectly trained, will be like you. So you better get your your rhythms and your habits figured out right. Um, and if your child is with a different teacher, be very guarded of who that teacher is. Because Luke 640 says that when a child is perfectly trained, they will be like their teacher. So make sure that you know whether your kid is in a regular school setting or in like a public school setting or in a private school setting, or even if they're just in in church, who are their teachers? Who are the people who they are learning from? Even if you have your children with you 90% of the time, who are the other voices who are speaking into your children? Because Luke 640 says they're going to be like them. So Take that into consideration as we're reading, going through the rest of this about when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up, it's going to look very different depending on the rhythms and the ways of life that you've chosen for your family's education. So when I speak about this, I'm talking about it more from a home education perspective because we have our kids at home. Um, But even in that, even in that, our rhythms at home can easily be shaped by other people or places or influences. So let's talk about that first. When you sit at home, who is directing the rhythms in your home? Have you considered that, that the rhythms are being directed by someone, that someone is supposed to be God leading you and then you directing the rhythms as the mom, but maybe somewhere along the way, 
that got off. And let's think about that. Do you have a child maybe who you accidentally began letting direct the rhythms in your home? I certainly have had times like that where I've realized, whoa, when did we begin allowing, you know, maybe treats to just be consumed at any time of the day? We don't do that here because I let a child begin directing that rhythm. Or when did we begin to think it was okay to even silly things like leave the door? I don't know. We do leave the back door open because we like fresh air in our house. So that's not a good example. (laughs) But um, bring riding toys in the house. That's a better example. When did we start to think that was okay to bring riding toys in the house? They stay outside at our house. That's how we do it because I direct that rhythm in our home, not my children. So consider who is directing the different rhythms in your home. And if there's a time of the day that is not going in a way that you like, because again, our values, we talked about last week on the podcast, this idea that our values shape our priorities and our priorities shape the culture in our home. So maybe we've allowed our priorities to get off and we've allowed our child to become in charge of some of those priorities. Maybe it's schooling. Uh, It's interesting. Something that I've talked with different families about, about unexpected blessings of homeschooling. I did a podcast a while ago with Jesse Slater called The Unexpected Blessings of Homeschooling. And we talked about how there's a different freedom in our schedule and in our rhythms of our home that comes with homeschooling that a lot of times parents think, oh, I could never do that. But actually, there's a different freedom that you gain when you choose to take on that responsibility of homeschooling your children as well. And Even in that, though, even in your home educating, you can allow the academics that you're doing to control the rhythms in ways that you don't want to. So consider that. If you started a program or a curriculum or a class that you enrolled your child in that isn't working, you don't have to keep doing it. You are still the one in charge of their days and directing the rhythms in your home. It's still your responsibility. And with that, as it is your responsibility, and you are the one who I believe is going to be, we, the moms, will be held accountable for that. Is it his yoke that I'm carrying, which is to be easy and is to be light? Or am I ordering my days because of what others have said or what others would think? You know, sometimes there's really good moms with really good ideas of ways they do things and they work so well for them that I'll take that inspiration and think, oh, I should do it that way too. But I have to take a step back before I do. And I have to look at my family and the puzzle of the unique family that God gave me because my family is not the same as theirs. It's not even the same as the family that I grew up in. My children are not the same as theirs. They are each their own puzzle piece. I am not the same mom as them. Our house, like our tangible house, is not the same house as theirs. And our husbands are not the same. And that is a real thing. It is different in different homes, depending on who your husband is, what his you know, personality bend is in different ways, what things are important to him in your home than it is for her and her husband. So absolutely take inspiration from other friends and their ideas or people on Instagram or Pinterest or whatever, but do not make a home that is like Krista's 
because my home is not yours. And you need to be directed by the Lord's leading for your family because it's unique. And he perfectly pieced it together. And he knows that you are the mom for the job. And that's so encouraging to know he chose you to be the best mom for your home, to order it the way that he wants it ordered for those children and that husband. Because ultimately, we're raising disciples to go out and know and love and serve the Lord. And you are going to be the one training them up in the way they should go as the mom who is with them. What a beautiful responsibility and gift that is that God has given to you. So when you sit at home, when are you home? That's kind of an interesting thought for all of us, whether, you know, regardless of the education that you've chosen for your family, when are you actually at home? It's so easy to have our calendars so very full of so many things that we are never at home. And that was one good thing that came out of the COVID time for me was the amount of time that we had at home. I had a child who was between 18 months and early twos during that season. And the amount of time that we were at home made me realize, whoa, there is a lot of training that takes place when a child is within this age gap. And if I had just been gone all the time in a good program here or a good activity there, even play dates, if we're gone all the time, when does the training happen that we are supposed to be doing? The character training, not this, but this, not this, but this. Sally Clarkson has said that many times and it has always come back to me because it's so time consuming and it just can feel so mundane and repetitive, but it's true and it happens at home. So when are you at home? Really look at your calendar and strategically look at that. There are so many good opportunities, but if we are a part of so many good opportunities that we're never at home, then we might be missing our training ground. So let's look at some simple at-home rhythms because we're talking about rhythms, right? Some intentional rhythms at home. So simple at-home rhythms. So one is morning time. And I did a podcast a while ago. It was back in the beginning of November, and it was about reading aloud. And I talk about reading aloud with your children and how to do it. And one of the times that we read aloud a lot is in the mornings. And so I talk quite a bit about morning time in that podcast And so if you want some more on morning time, go back and listen to that podcast and it will encourage you in that and give you a little bit more direction in that. But we say that the most important thing is time with the Lord and training our children in the Lord, right? That's our value. That's the base level. So our value should be shaping our priorities. So for my family, what that's looked like is saying, if I say time with the Lord is the most important, then... I need to live that out as a priority. So while we're at breakfast at the table in the morning as a family, that's when we spend time in God's word and we spend time in the Bible and, or a a story Bible. And I've shared about that on my Instagram in the past, what some of the Bibles are we like to use. I love the child story Bible by, um, now I'm drawing a blank on the name. I'll link it in the show notes below for you so that you have it there. Or if I think of it in a minute, I'll tell you, but, um, We read the Bible. We do a hymn study where we sing a hymn and we learn about the composer and we learn about the theology behind the hymn and we study science and learn about 
how God is the designer and the creator and his intentionality is the designer. So it's studying science, a little bit of science through a biblical worldview. And I will also link those books in the show notes below. Um, they are by Louis Giglio that we've done. And I highly, highly recommend those. Um, Indescribable is one of them. And then there's a few others as well. So I'll link those in the show notes for you too. But I think, I really believe that by starting our days with these rhythms of we read our Bible, we do sing our hymn, we go through our devotion book. We also do some other things in our morning time. We do some poetry time together and we do a silly folk song together. So it's not all like deep, theologically, spiritually rich things, but it is. It does incorporate elements of seeking first the kingdom of God at the start of our day, because I want them to know that that is our value and that does shape our priority. So if there's a day that we may, maybe don't, everyone doesn't get math done, we still had time with the Lord. Maybe everyone didn't get their spelling in or we didn't get history that day. We still had time with the Lord. That is our priority. And that's a culture in our home. And even my youngest knows this, um, Graham, he's two. And not too long ago, one day I started singing our hymn in just during the day in the evening, I just started singing the hymn while I was working in the kitchen with him, just kind of being in relationship with him while I was doing my work. And when I started singing it, he went and started getting all of the books out of our morning box. He knew this is what we do. This is our culture. Because again, our values have shaped our priorities, which have shaped our culture. Our culture is when we sing these songs, we get out these books, we read our hymn book, we go through our hymn book and our Bible book. Um, so morning time, I think, is such a simple rhythm to start at home, to turn your heart to the Lord at the very beginning of the day. I would also be very intentional thinking about this scripture passage, when you sit at home when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. But when you sit at home, it, as you're choosing curriculum for your children or books for your children, maybe your children are in school, but you're you know choosing literature for them to read for their independent reading or whatever, choose books that are teaching truth. Be very guarded about that. There are a lot of books that are absolutely awful. <laughs> there are curriculum that do not teach truth. So if you're home educating your children, why are you not using curriculum that teaches from a biblical worldview? And there's, I can't think of any good reason why we would not be teaching from a biblical worldview when we have the option to do that because you are the teacher if you've chosen to have your children at home. So really consider that. What curriculum are you choosing and why? And then the next part, when you walk along the road. So this is something that all of us have to do in our days as moms is deciding how are we ordering our days, like the activities we choose to do when we do leave the house. And we want to choose activities that, again, are reflecting those values, that what are the values of things we say are most important to us? Okay, if these things we say are most important to us, then that should also be shaping our priorities of the activities that we're choosing because that's going to become the culture of our family. We are a family who spends all of our time on a sports field. I hope I hope that's not what our family does all the time. We are a family who occasionally goes to church when we don't have games on the weekend. If church has become an aside for your family because of these other priorities that came into place, 
maybe this is a time to check it and check your calendar and really think, what are we prioritizing? And I really would encourage you, look at your month at a glance, your month calendar, and look, where are your hours being spent? And are we actually living out what activities that are furthering the things that we say are priorities? Are we living out the priorities that we say are most important? I also would encourage you during these activities, especially if you have multiple children, to really be intentional about the activities you're choosing. Um, We have certainly chosen activities along the way that are geared towards only one child for a season or only geared towards the older kids and the younger kids are just with me. But I really try in those times to still make it a culture of furthering our priorities, even for the young ones. So what that would look like, for instance, when my um, oldest children go to music lessons my or my younger ones who are in the car for an extended period of time, I bring a snack for them that's a treat, that's a car treat, and it's only for them. They don't get it. And sometimes my Alice, who's four, even helps me pack the treat. And they don't get it out until the big kids are out of the car because it's not for the big kids. It's only for them. So it kind of makes it feel special. And we listen to a podcast called Lamplighter Podcast, and it's uh, really great, wonderful truths. It's for children. And I'll link that in the show notes for you. Um, Also, but we listen to that sometimes when we're in the car. We will, I will bring picture books that are really sweet ones for my Alice to look through because sometimes we can easily get sucked into that our time is spent doing things mostly for the big kids. So it's things specifically geared towards serving my younger ones. And the same is true when we're at martial arts. I have a good amount of time just with my little ones there. And I really try during that time to bring activities that are fun toys for them to play with, whether it's, you know, a ball that I'm rolling with Graham on the ground, but being with him or um, a sticker activity. That's a fun one for Alice to do that. I'll just bring out during that time. So really being intentional about the, the activities we choose and what we're doing during that time. And one other intentionality in those activities are thinking about in those extracurricular spaces, who are the Christians who are speaking into my children? That there's something really important about a healthy independence that my children are not with me 100% of the time, only hearing my voice say all of the words. Because I want them to know these are other good, godly people and who say the same thing as my mom. Or they say that I can do this, or they say that they believe in me in this way, or that they know that it's hard, but that I can persevere, or will ask me how my week was and any way they can pray for me, things like that. So I'm not saying that every single other adult in my child's life is always a believer. I mean, there are times that we've done, you know, like martial arts, for instance, I don't know who all of their coaches are at martial arts. I can promise you I'm there watching. I wouldn't leave them alone. But choosing music teachers who speak Jesus into them and choosing uh, this horse instructor who Annabelle had when she had horse riding lessons, who was speaking truth into them. We've chosen a sports league in our area that's a Christian sports league. So the coaches are speaking truths of the Lord into my children while they're coaching and keeping God first. And... That's what I want. I want my kids to have 
an understanding that they, they are separate from us at times, but the people who are speaking into them when they are, are speaking the truth that I want them to be hearing. In addition to choosing other Christians to speak into them in the extracurriculars and activities we're choosing, also intentionally choosing Christian community to be involved in. It's very easy to get so busy that we have things in our home and all of the other extracurriculars that we do that we could get so caught up in all of our different good, well-meaning activities that we miss out on the Christian community to actually be surrounding our children and really prioritizing where is your Christian community? It should be in a church. We should all have family involved in a church. And so making that a priority, not allowing Sundays to become something that's optional. I know that that was an easy thing to happen during COVID that for us, when we first started getting back into church again, after having a time that we weren't going in person, it was really hard. And I was shocked. I thought, why is it so hard to go to church? We've always gone to church. This should not be a thing for our family. But it gave me a different empathy for people who have not grown up in the church, because I did. We had church always Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights. It wasn't a question of if we were going, it was more a question of what are you going to wear when you go (laughs) and are we going to be on time? But the priority of going to church was always there. And we really had to reestablish that for our family after COVID and saying, this is important. We will not miss. And when the question has come up, you know, oh, could we stay home? It's almost a laughing matter. Like, of course, we're not going to stay home. We're going to be at church. Um, So prioritizing being at church, putting that as the first thing, like your first fruits into your calendar, where we're going to be and when with your Christian community. So at church, for us, it's also been in our homeschool group. We've chosen a Christian homeschool community to be involved in so that it's people who are surrounding my kids, their friendships that they're building and establishing that I really believe our relationships that are going to go with them into their adolescent years and maybe into young adulthood or even throughout their lives. I want those to be families who share common beliefs with us and are going to be affirming the same things in our kids. And I would even argue that now with the way that the world is and what kids are being taught in so many different other homes and so many times in classrooms are such absolute lies that we really have to be guarded who the community of children are that we allow our children to be with. Um, God's word is very clear that children are foolish. They are not wise. Um, They are like sheep being led to the slaughter. There is nothing in scripture that refers to children as being wise. So we cannot fall in to the lie that says, oh, well, my children are always going to be a light in all of these places. I would really encourage you, if that's something that you've um, really rested in, to really seek out scripture and see if you can find places that speak that, because I think it's a very well-intended um, perspective that parents have and a coming from a good heart. I think it's from a heart that's for people, which is beautiful. And I, I share that heart for people. But as I have really sought the Lord and seeking his word in this, I have not seen anything that says that children are wise. So choosing a community that's going to reaffirm the truths 
of God's word to your children. Um, And then, so that kind of wraps up when you walk along the road. The next part of the passage is when you lie down. So at the end of the day, what are we doing intentionally for rhythms in our family at the end of the day when we lie down? So one thing we do is we do happiest and saddest at dinner time. That's what we call it. I've heard it called highs and lows. Uh, We call it happiest and saddest. So um, everyone at dinner shares their happiest part of their day and their saddest parts of their day. And it's really a blessing because it allows us to end our day focusing on the things that have been blessings and the things that have been hard. And that also allows us to address any hurts that have happened during the day that maybe weren't reconciled with. Maybe I didn't hear the hurt that happened for whatever reason, or maybe it was a hurt that was caused by someone else at the table and they need to have a chance for some reconciliation and some healing in that relationship. And also to celebrate together, to celebrate the things that were good and to not allow the day to just end with things that have been good and not calling them a blessing. So that's one of the things we do, kind of a rhythm that we have in our home. And then another one is during bedtime to pray with them at the end of the day. And end of the day with a little bit of, I like to do one-on-one if I can. It doesn't always work out. Um, I really have to work on shifting my ideal to my reality. So my ideal would be that I have one-on-one time with every person every night to wind down and talk through their day. But my reality is there's a lot of people in our home. So it does not always happen one-on-one, but I try to as I can. And sometimes it's as a small group, maybe it's two people together or three, And we'll have a little time praying and just ending the day well at bedtime. Uh, There's that passage that says to not let the sun go down on your anger. And I think that's really important that we end the day at peace with one another and with peace in their hearts. And ideally with joy in my heart or your heart as the mom. And that's something that's been a little bit hard for me. Um, John 15, 9 through 11 says, as the father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. So I would question you as I check my own heart here too. I'm, you know, preaching to myself like always. Is my joy full at the end of the day? Or somewhere along the way, did I lose my joyful spirit? Did I start the day as Mary Poppins? And am I ending it more as Cruella? (laughs) Um, Really evaluate that because that's not who we want to be at the end of the day. And goodness, I wish I had a magic solution just to tell you that this is the way to fix it because I struggle in this area myself because I am. It's tiring at the end of the day. We have long days. Uh, sometimes, some more than others, right? Um, But I would challenge you to think about it. And if it's not working, change it up. So as I've dwelled on it myself and reflected on it, I have had to realize bedtime for us takes roughly two and a half hours. Now, I realize I am the exception having a toddler and a teenager. Most people don't have those different extremes that I have my one who's ready to go to bed at 730 and the next isn't ready to go to bed until 10. And so that's a long time. But once I realized that, reality is in this season of life, in our home, this is how long it takes if I'm prioritizing the things I want to prioritize. 
it really shifted things for me because I realized after dinner, when we're doing bedtime, my day is not done. This is almost as long of a time block as it is from breakfast until lunch. That's a lot of day. And I want to use that time well. So some of the things that we've done is now we use that time to have our big kids do some chores around the house while I'm getting the little kids down so that when I'm done putting them down, then I can have time to help put down our big kids and not have an entire kitchen and house waiting for me to be the one to do all of the work taking care of because I was also doing bedtime and um taking care, tending to all of the younger ones earlier in the evening. Uh, And this may be something you want to work out with your husband too. Not maybe, it is something you should work out with your husband. Because for us, it is unique that my husband normally works long days and into the evening. I realize for most families, your husband's home during this time. So he can be helping and doing this with him also. Um, But set your expectations accurately. And again, husbands can help with this. uh, Whether we always like it or not, sometimes they have a bit of different perspective than we do on what it actually looks like in the home during that time because they're watching it instead of living it like we are. So talk with your husband about it. Ask him what he sees. And when your expectations are set more accurately for yourself and for your children, then you absolutely can have more joy. And at least that's what I found for me. Okay. And then the last one is when you get up, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. So when you get up in the morning, when you wake up, greet them with a smile. What a blessing that is to be greeted with the eyes of your mom and a smile on her face and a hug from her arms instead of an overwhelmingly exhausted mom. And hear me, I know that it's tiring and I know sometimes those mornings feel so early, but I never regret the mornings that I choose to get up in time to have my eyes open, hopefully a cup of coffee in my hands and a smile to greet them, to greet them with first thing. Um, so be rested as you're able. Again, I know there's different seasons. There's seasons with little tinies. There's seasons with sick children that having extra rest really and truly is not an option. And in those times, the Lord will sustain you in ways that you have not seen before as you remain in him, going back to that John 15 passage, as you remain in him and abide in his love, his joy will remain in you and your joy will be full and it will be overflowing to your children as you keep your priorities abiding in him during that time. But I realize most moms for most seasons do have the option of being rested if priorities um, are being set to keep your rest. I just know when I have rest, I am a much more joyful person for my family. And then have a plan. Have a plan of how you're going to start your day. Don't just let the day roll out and roll on and, oh, how are we going to do things today? We don't know what to expect. Have a plan of what your mornings are going to look like because this will bless you and it will it will really bless your children as well. Children like to know what to expect and to have some intentionality, again, in their in their days. So as we intentionally establish rhythms in our home, reflecting what we prioritize, we will be able to rest in knowing that we're living out the values that God has so clearly placed in our hearts and our homes, and our homes will reflect his best for our families. So I hope this was a blessing to you as it was to me to kind of reevaluate what things are looking like in our home and establish some 
rhythms that are intentional that I want it to look like for our children. And if it was an encouragement to you, I would also challenge you, go back and listen to these other couple of episodes. Listen to last week's about establishing intentional rhythms for yourself, because if we're not doing it for ourselves, we're probably not going to be doing it as well for our children. Uh, So listen to that one if you didn't yet. There are a few other episodes that I think would be helpful for you. Episode 110 and 11 were about reading aloud to your children and that rhythm and establishing that throughout your days will absolutely be a blessing to all of you. Another one, episode 102 and 103 were about daily investing in your marriage. And that one really hammers in the idea of where our priorities are. And really taking it more to the marriage aspect, right? Because last week was about you and your rhythms. This week is about your children. And that one would go into the marriage category. So if you haven't heard episode 102 and 103, listen to that one. And uh, lastly, episode 87 was about putting down your phone and intentionally choosing how we're going to use our phone as a tool, as opposed to allowing it to become a distraction in our lives or take away from the most important things and interrupt these rhythms that we know are what we want to have for our family. You will for sure be encouraged by that one. So I am so glad to have had this time with you this week. I hope you have a blessed week with your sweet ones, and I will look forward to being back with you again next week. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of our weekly conversations. And check out our show notes below, where I have links to the resources mentioned on the podcast. I release a new podcast every Monday and additional content at seekholyliving.com, including a video of this conversation and a deeper dive into all things mom. Also, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Seek Holy Living for more fun and conversation. If this was an encouragement to you, please share it with your friends.